And even my buddy was like, dude, you have a thousand things going on. Why are you here? I'm like, listen, dude, I'm working harder today and yesterday than I have in a long time. I'm sweating my ass off. I'm exhausted. I have so many things to do. But if I didn't come and like put in offline work that was like honest brick laying, get my hands dirty offline work, then I'm like losing my edge. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. All right, we're back with another episode of Moved Entrepreneur Evolved, and I'm stoked. I've got my man here, Josh Delaney. Now, I got a couple things here. You've got the Way Goods Fab CBD and Plant Goods out of Milwaukee, but brother, you got yourself a conglomerate, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Dude, yeah, I'm stoked to have you on. We were kind of talking in the back for a second, like you started collecting skate decks. Where'd that come from? I grew up skating. I was a skater kid from like probably I think 11. I picked it up till uh, I mean till not too long ago. But yeah, but I just grew up skateboarding, grew up snowboarding. I was a board I was a board sport kid. Uh, yeah, I was too, man. I was I was a board sport kid. That transition when like snowboarding came out, it was uh, I was I'm obviously living here in California and we had Mountain yeah. High. And I'll never forget having to go Mountain High. It was like seven dollars on a Wednesday night. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you guys, you guys get lucky. When I lived out there, I went to Big Bear a couple times, but uh, uh, Big Bear and um, like Park City have been like the biggest places I've been. I have to like up my snowboarding like expertise and and go to more places, but I haven't uh, I haven't ventured to enough enough snow uh, places where I can I can spread my wings there. Yeah, <laughs> for skaters, snowboarding is like uh, you know you take off like eighty percent of your chances of, of death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I was better. I was much better at snowboarding than I was skateboarding. I mean, I was pretty good at skating yeah. and was pretty good at snowboarding, but I was, I was much better and more fluid at snowboarding than I was skateboarding as weird as it was. I, I didn't, I never understood why, but I always, I could flow a lot better on a snowboard than I could skateboard. Dude, that's sick. So, um, so I'm going to pull you back a little bit and I'm going to take you back to around October of 2019. And you have a poster that says today's the day. Fab Nutrition Superfoods is live. 80 plus powerful ingredients and superfoods all packed into one bottle for you to take once a day. This product speaks for itself. We're going to do so much with this product. What was going on, man? Uh, about the product in general? It's just what was going on with you in that time period. It sounded like a time period for you that was a major shift. Uh, 2019. Well, 2019 was, uh, no, I was kind of in the middle of, uh, I launched Fab. Uh, I come from the supplement space. And so I got into CBD fairly early. We were an early, we were, we were one of the early guys um, in 2017. I started that. And prior to that, I made proteins and superfoods basically my entire career uh, in the supplement space, which is over a decade. Uh, so before protein was even, you know, outside of bodybuilding, protein was just not as common of a product back when I started. Um, and neither was like wheatgrass. So wheatgrass wasn't popular yet. So I was big into the wheatgrass, uh, when that was just like unheard of. And it was really just, where, 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 where did, where did you find that? Where'd you find wheatgrass? Was it traveling? I, or was it I was living in LA at the time. So it was a lot more popular there, but just in the supplement community, you know, greens and superfoods mm -hmm. were becoming a thing. Yeah. Um, so like amazing grass and, uh, uh, just a lot of like uh, affiliate companies were starting to get into greens and I just yeah. got, I picked it up early to blend the, you know, fruits and veggies into one product. Um, and so proteins, uh, fruits and veggies, you know, blends, and then, uh, like thermogenics were like my specialty in formulating and making those supplements. And so I've done that for a while back in 2017, CBD came around and I put my protein and superfood business on the back burner. Mm. Um, which is today called plant goods and way goods, but I was launching that in 17 and I, I paused it to get into CBD. Uh, and that obviously went really well. And in 2019 in talking about that particular product, uh, that for me was like my, my like passion project, my claim yeah. to fame, that was like the superfood product was like my life's work basically. And so oh, that's a cool way to lay it out. And, uh, and I, like I had made that product, like my, this is like the newest version of that superfood. Um, Got it. But, uh, but this is like my life's work in the supplement space is this product. And um, uh, 
I had this sitting in the background of my business and I was in CBD and it was honestly, so that time frame and that post was, I was, I was so excited about having this for myself and nobody uh-huh. really made, there was a couple guys that made products like it, but I obviously didn't want to like keep drinking their products. So I was frustrated that I had this product formulated 10 years in the making. It's the best of the best. I, I can, I can play with all of the big dogs with this formula and I was doing CBD. So I, I wasn't like, I wasn't drinking it myself cause I physically uh-huh. didn't have it. So yeah. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Even though we're in CBD, I'm going to make this product because people should be taking it anyway. And I just slapped a fab nutrition logo on it, even though it was really made for this company, just so I could have it myself and I could have it in production. So I took the product from my other supplement business and I put it into the CBD business just so I could have it. uh, And, you know, obviously try to sell it while we're going. But in reality, it was for this company that I, I put on the back burner. So 2019 was really like in the crazy spike of CBD. And I was just throwing something from my past life into that business because I wanted it and I knew other people would like it. But the irony of that is, is all of my CBD customers for the most part, didn't understand what it was because they're on a CBD website Ah. and in a nutrition product and it just didn't make much sense. And so I sold a bunch of them, but not, not nearly as much as uh, I would have wanted just from a business standpoint. So it was kind of a selfish, like I just wanted it myself every day. And rather than buying a competitor's product, I spent six figures to make my own and drop it into my current company, which made no sense whatsoever. Um, well, I think something that you brought up is like interesting, and this is an entrepreneur's podcast. And I think that, you know, how people think are sometimes in the positions they're in and what you just shared was your ability. You structured something where you had the ability to kind of just, kind of like put it into your assembly line but the, yeah. obviously it didn't start out like that right no so going back in in your start of that career you know you talk about going away what was your business transition what was your thing that got you into business what was your what was your thing uh did you come out of college people may, people may laugh at my answer but i i i give a lot of credit to it i dropped out of college and got into network marketing uh, and that was really all that was like available back in 2003. I mean, other than starting a normal business, right. A, a traditional business, the internet was just hardly out. I think we were like barely dial up at the time. So I didn't, I just had a cell phone, you know, maybe for like six months I had a cell phone. So that was about, you know, I had a pager at this time. Um, uh, so I'm trying to think like Facebook wasn't out yet. MySpace had just hit. No, I was in e-com. I was selling Oakley and, um, and a bunch of stuff in e-com right around 2004. And it okay. was, I had a Yahoo store, but man, I'm telling you, it was like, yeah, so yeah, I could put that up. Were, if you type the internet and like one word, like you were there. <laughs> totally, totally. So yeah, you were catching it even way earlier than I did. Yeah, I so still yeah, have, this, is, like, this is old. It was old, very, and, and I'm, sure when you, I'm sure when you talk to people that you were friends with, uh, in doing what you were doing there, I'm sure you were the crazy one of like, what are you doing on the internet? Like, I don't even know the internet worked like that. What, like, I don't oh, even understand what you're talking I, about. I left working for Harley Davidson and I ended up getting a warehouse. And I remember they're crazy. like, hey, what are you doing? The thing, you know, it's yeah. like seven to 10,000 square feet. And I had this internal thing. They're like, what are you doing? I was like, we just shipped 300 orders. What are you talking yeah. about? Are you stealing stuff? So that I, I, that's what I was interested on in you. What was that transition from for you? Like, so you started an MLM, which yeah, I think I, I got what you're telling me is that's where you got your sales skills. Yeah, I got recruited into a. Um, I was in school for like two months. I was 18. I got recruited into a network marketing deal, like local, uh, with some guys I just met like out and about, and they actually had a very very abnormal network marketing deal going on so like it was very i didn't know what that was i i didn't know what i was i didn't know that i didn't know what mlm was until like a year later Got you know it. like i had no i didn't know like i didn't know what network marketing was i didn't know mlm i today 20 years later i call that first deal syndrome 
uh, where I meet a guy now and yeah, I can tell when they're in their first MLS, like, oh, you're in your first MLM, aren't you? You got first deal syndrome. Like yeah. you have no idea what you're doing or how it works or the industry as a whole. Yeah. You're Maybe just all fired up. And so and there's, there's actually some, you know, I, I sometimes wish I still had like that naivete going into businesses because I feel like we're so convoluted at, that I get, oh, I, get right, I, I, I wish I was like first idea over again, you know, but, but yeah, I got recruited into a deal where these guys were all 18, 19, 20, and they actually had a, a local office with like a glass conference room and they all were driving nice cars and they all wore suits every day, but they were young. So they really like took this very seriously at a very young age back in 2003 uh, and they were very hardcore. It was, it was not like, Oh, like, Hey, call your friends and family. It was very much like we have, we were having people come into our conference room and like, it just, it was new to me. So I you learned watch, when you guys watch in the boiler room and every day, that was my, that was, no joke, that was my initiation movie. You're going to hate your, uh, your parents, your parents are going to hate you. <laughs> it was, that is so cliche, but that was honestly that like, they, they all brought me back to like their apartment when they knew that I was going to be like a player and like I watched Boiler Room for the first time and, Dude. you know, got the whole sh- it was it was literally the typical nice cars, hot girls, nice yeah. office, Boiler Room. Everyone's making money. Why don't you have a couch? From? <laughs> and in the movie, he's like, but why don't you have a couch? <laughs> no, that was literally how it was. That was exactly how it was with these guys. Um, you got a bunch of like 19 year olds making a couple grand a week. You know what I mean? It was like it was yeah. it was wild. So I that's how I got started. Fast forward. Uh, you know, I went from network marketing to affiliate marketing because I got tired of recruiting. You know, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm actually really good at customer acquisition. Recruiting these people is a lie. And I, you know, I got kind of tired of it. So I went into affiliate marketing to go after customers. Uh, and then in that, I went into supplements on the affiliate side. Then I got to meet all of these companies from the MLM guys, all the way to the, the affiliate companies. I was going to the warehouses. I was going to uh, the manufacturing facilities because I was driving so much traffic and I was doing really, really well there really early on. Um, and uh, so I got to see the whole operation and then, you know, maybe eight, you know, eight years into it, I've been doing like 20 years. So maybe like seven, eight, nine years in, I was kind of like, listen, I know how to sell personally. I know how to drive traffic online. Now I know how to be an affiliate. I know what the companies offer deal wise. I know where they manufacture it. I know how to do the warehousing. I know how to do the logistics why don't I just make my own stuff and sell my own stuff? That's when I went to LA. That's when I, I got involved in uh, the bodybuilding fitness community. And I met all the supplement guys. I met everybody making supplements and that was where it was protein, superfoods yep. and uh, like fat burners and stuff like that. And I did infomercials and TV and, and radio. And I did all the, uh, you know, the acquisition models, you know, that were popular at that point before everyone was heavy on Facebook ads and whatnot. And then, you know, that, that led me to this, to where yeah, actually that was interesting. Cause I was going to bring that up because I kind of doing the timeline. Um, you remember AdWords, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so yep, it, yep. When you, I, I was curious because some people's trajectory in that, because you started earlier was kind of that hump of like, I know the old school and I'm kind of learning the new school. Like I always tell yep. people there was that time between 99 and like 2004, where it was like, we have no idea what's going on, but there's something going on here. Maybe that's the metaverse now. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> I, I would, I would say so. I feel that way. Right. It's a little odd, kind of like in a closet, like what's going on in there. So what yeah, was the, you're, um, you're, it sounds like you're of the generation that same with me that I, it's like, I still have that little bit of old school that I enjoy. Like I enjoy, I enjoy like call centers, phone, phone sales. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I have, I'm, I could build an entire business on Facebook ads and Google ads, but I still have this kind of part of me that can't sit at the desk. Cause I still have like that old school recruiter sales mentality that I'm good on the yeah, internet I can't, this all the time. I can't quite kick the, like, I'm not excited about the metaverse. I'm not excited. I'm too like, I don't know. I'm too old school in my thinking yet where I just am not biting on it, which I could be totally wrong, but I'm just not, my personality is not biting because I think my old school side of me that is like just used to door knocking and, you know, is like, I don't know. I just, I'm not gravitating towards that business model yet. I, I think it's because I've been doing the internet now for 18 years. I mean, I've, I've basically lived off the internet and um, I, I get these feelings more often lately 
where I, I, I a desire to go lay brick, you know, <laughs> just, yep, just totally. kind of lay, lay brick or whatever. But the other side is there was there was a sense of um, maybe the art of the kill where you would go out and there really wasn't much and you only met one person and you had to you had to build the relationship, get over the trust factors, and then you'd have to get in bed with them within 28 totally. seconds. And there was a rush to it, right? Yep, yep. So when you when you did that in, in that transition, I guess where I was going, um, there was a big leap that you kind of talked about. You just said like you went to Infomotion and you went from that. Where was that? Did, did you go into partnerships? Did you, you know, did you do it all yourself or? Yeah, I have, uh, I've never had a partner outside of, uh, I let my, I gave my parents a, a couple of points on, of, I, I went into franchising at one point and I owned a handful of franchises and I gave my mom a couple of points to do my bookkeeping. But outside of that, I've never had partners um, or investors or anything uh, in anything major. I've borrowed money from some friends, you know what I mean? Maybe like 10 or 20 grand over the years uh, that I've all paid back and whatnot. But I've never had official partners or official investors of any sort. It's always been lock myself in a basement, spend everything that I made on my last deal, go completely broke again, even though I was fine and shouldn't have you know, cause I just came off of a high of doing another deal or, or another website I did or another product I launched or something. And I just kept doubling down, doubling down, locking myself in a basement. And to be totally honest, I'm 36 going on 37. I pro I, I'm still doing that today, which is honestly a, a whole nother story. But, um, I, I have been doing that up until fab, which was only four years ago. I have been doubling locking myself in a room, doubling, locking myself in a room up until about 32, 33 years old. And I'm 36, 37 now. Dude, this is crazy. We're like vibing, bro. Check this out. So <laughs> no, this is crazy. So I wrote this question. Um, this is crazy, dude, <laughs> this is nuts. So I wrote this question for you and I was looking back and I was just kind of, you know, your style, things like that. I could tell like we vibe it. I was like, what is one of the old school systems you do personally that has not changed no matter what business you run? Uh, what do you mean by sys? I can kind of think what you mean, but what do you mean? By I read sys? it. I read it, but I would have articulated it differently if I would have brought it up. But you just said the answer. And what I was wondering is because this is common, I think, that, and I'm glad you brought this up, was the Internet has become something that you can type into, you can listen to it, dictate things and all these things. But there's these old things that really move the needle forward. And what you just said, you know, like, uh, let's say, for example, like you might grab a guy who has an internet company, but he has like a, a he has this and it's with him like everywhere. It's dirty. It's like yep. an old pillow you never got rid of. Right. Yep. And I was literally going to ask you right now. <laughs> that was what I could ask you. is like, what's the thing you think? <laughs> I, have, I, have ten of, I can give you an exact answer on that exact topic. Now, I, I see what you're saying. Dude, look, it's like a, it's like a, yeah. again, so you kind of answered it in a sense. And the reason I was bringing that up is because I think it helps people to understand that there's these like solid things that people that become successful, you become successful that you still are rooted in that are yeah. not technology or anything. So that's what the question was. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, to be very, very like granular on as little and as dumb as it is of like writing, I am, that's one thing that I wish that I just leveled up about a month ago and I'll, and I'll, it sounds stupid and everyone's going to roll their eyes, but you, you'll get it. So I've gone through too many notebooks and, uh, and I lose them all. So I'd have these stacks of yellow pads. And so, uh, just, and, and I've always had an iPad, but I never used it because I'm too old school. I like to write and I write and I write and I write and I, and I could, I have never been able to kick it literally till this day. I still write, but I finally figured out the formula of being able to be old school, but new school in that particular topic, which is how I organize everything, which is not necessarily the best, but I organize everything in my business and life on paper still on all written word. And, uh, but I had this iPad and I'm like, man, dude, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to use this iPad or I gotta get rid of it. And so the secret that I finally got is an app called good notes five. And I got it from another entrepreneur that does like a hundred million plus a year. And uh, he always does, you know, webinars and presentations. And I said, hey, what is the writing app that you use? Because I got to figure out how to get this iPad to be my new notebook because I can't carry around these notebooks anymore. I got I got a hundred of them stacked up and I can't ever well, remember. And plus anything. getting it in somehow into data. You had, there, exactly. And it's like 
you know, you get people emailing you stuff and it's like, I want to put this in my notebook, but I can't, but I don't want to carry the paper. You know what I mean? Like I want to take pictures and write on them. I want to, I want to go to a meeting yeah. and take a picture of something and write on it and put it in my notebook. So I've got my yellow pad and then I've got a picture in there. You know what I mean? I want an interactive notebook. Have you ever and used Evernote? I have, but it's too convoluted. I want, I want, I want this on my yeah. iPad. I want this on my iPad and good notes. Five, the app is good literally the iPad notebook that does everything. I can write him a notepad and send it to people. I can open up emails in it and like do my, so I literally have now been able to do my old school writing, but in my, in my iPad. And that's, I mean, that's probably something that's probably the most, the dumbest and oldest, like old school thing that I still write everything. And I just have pages now in there, pages and pages uh, of notes in there, but now I can save them, keep them, text them, send my wife, you know, I can do my wife's thing and send her it and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I would say that. And probably what you said earlier is I, I actually specifically schedule time uh, to go lay bricks, as you call it. I actually say, I call it swinging the hammer for no other reason than laying bricks is actually much better. But uh, whenever I use that analogy about like being old school with people and like putting in the work, it's like, listen, dude, when's the last time you've actually swung the hammer? Like when's the last time you actually did what you're talking about right now? When's the last time you've actually gone and knocked on a door, made a sales call, recruited somebody, saved a sale? Because all the internet is, all affiliate marketing is, or D to C, you know, e-commerce, all it is, is taking an, a real human and solving their real human problems is if you were face to face on the computer, that's it. It's the same thing. So if you can't sell someone in person, you're probably not going to be able to sell them on a website because you're not going to be able to build a website or articulate a sales offer to sell that person, keep that person, upsell them, downsell them, cross sell them, save them, email them, whatever. Uh, and so I, I very on purpose schedule time to go do random things uh, physically as laying bricks to just keep me off of the computer so that when I come back to the computer, it's it, I've got a little more like literally my time scheduled this week uh, was two full days, completely unbusiness related. But it was it kept me it kept honest. But I, I scheduled two full days. Uh, to go help a buddy literally like build his gym business. And my wife was like, and even my buddy was like, dude, you have a thousand things going on. Why are you here? I'm like, listen, dude, I'm working harder today and yesterday than I have in a long time. I'm sweating my ass off. I'm exhausted. I have so many things to do. But if I didn't come and like put in offline work that was like honest brick laying, get my hands dirty offline work, then I'm like losing my edge yeah. and I have to schedule it. So like that was my this week schedule next week. I'll go like, you know, I'll go sit down with people and do sales meetings or something. But like every, every couple of weeks I physically schedule offline work of some sort, even though my entire business is on the internet. You know, it's really interesting you bring that up. I remember, um, I remember when I started and analytics came out, I think it was something before analytics or something. I think I actually had a different type of analytics. Um, but I remember looking actually when we started it was Yahoo store, I remember it would show like the ticker of somebody like coming on. And I remember having the friends come over and like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. Someone just came into my office. Those are people on my site. I used to have I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, they literally came into my office. And if someone comes into your office, how would you treat them? And they're yeah. like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, watch this. And then I, you know, I started obviously. What were you, sell what were you selling on a Yahoo store? Glasses? Actually, I was in the core industry. So basically, um, if you remember, this is probably little, but um, so I worked for Harley Davidson and I was in my office one day. You no, know, Harley, I, Harley located right, right down the street here. In Milwaukee. Uh, no, yeah, Harley Davidson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. work for Milwaukee, but um, I was in my office and I was sitting there and I opened up Surfer Magazine. And so I opened this thing up and there's this brand called Affliction. Do you remember that yeah. era? And I was like, what the heck? It's in Surfer Magazine. This, these styles and these designs are sick. Like, this is dope. I wonder if, and a friend of mine who I had worked with, he got a motorcycle and I cleared some stuff up with him. And he started a business selling um, chopper apparel and stuff like that online. And he's like, hey, man. I was like, maybe I can go talk to that guy. And so when I was in my office, I, I saw that and I called Affliction. And I was like, hey, can I get some stuff? And I started selling like 10 grand in my, out of my 
back out of my garage. <laughs> Dude, it was wild, man. Awesome. And then I parlayed into sunglasses and, um, nice. but I work with a lot of those core industries, man. So the yeah. skater industry, um, yeah. I work with spy and Von zipper and, um, all of Great. those. Uh, yeah, man. So that was, those were the, I, we sold Quicksilver. Um, uh, we sold all of them, man. It was cool. Freestyle watches. So all of those era that you're That's talking awesome. about. Skate era. I had a very, very, very short stint, uh, until they kicked me off rightfully. So, uh, on eBay selling like Lacoste polos and mm. all sorts. Of, I, I had a very short eBay stint that, I learned a couple of good skill sets and lessons on selling, selling apparel and things like that. It's hard. That's a hard business. Dude. It, it, and you know, I trans, well, <clears throat> I've never told this story on the podcast, but one of the, one of the things that happened was um, there was a rep that had came in and I saw him in a case, you know, obviously an Oakley case like this. I still have one. Yeah. So those cases that are there and I was in the apparel business. And so we have all this apparel going out and the, the guy goes in, I visited a friend, he walked into the case and he's changing out the product. So he's, he takes the eyewear and he goes in and he's taking it out and he's putting it back in. I'm sitting there staring at him. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? So I walk up to him like, hey man, what are you doing? His name's Joe, he's a great guy. And he goes, hey man, he goes, um, these ones aren't selling. So we're replacing them with the ones that are. And I'm going, bing. I was like, you gotta be yeah. shitting me. You're yeah. trying to tell me that I don't have to Ross all this apparel. <laughs> you're trying yeah. to tell me I don't have to outlet all this and you're just going to come in and exchange these. Crazy. How does that work? And then that turned into uh, probably 25 lines, all the way to Dolce Gabbana, the high end Oakley, all that stuff. So that was Crazy. the transition, but yeah, man, those are the eras, right? People didn't yeah, know what probably. to do online. They didn't know how to reciprocal linkings and all that. Yep, so, yep. As you went into supplements, that became the transition. What was the problem that you were trying to solve with so many other people out there? How, how were you going to define yourself? I mean, when I, when I got into it, uh, nothing because it was so fresh. I mean, I was I was crushing protein sales uh, for, a, for a while. I mean, for five, six, seven years probably because uh, it was just the everyday person taking supplements. As crazy as it may sound today, that should just tell people – and there, I could even share a couple of points that on that, yeah. like, we have compressed time in commerce so much uh, that I don't think people quite realize, and I'm not a political person at all, but from like an economic standpoint, uh, that then plays into politics. And I think a lot of people talk politics that don't understand economics. Sure. And if you focus on economics and trends of economics, you'll understand politics, right? Uh, but so many people come into learning our world from the polit political standpoint that they they don't learn you know economics. It's like if you learn economics, we can fix inner cities, we can fix uh, you know problems in all sorts of areas where we where all these people talk about it. But you come in right. from the political standpoint when you really should come in from the economic standpoint. So from an economic standpoint, on a consumer level, uh, we have we have compressed time so much in different industries. For example. It sounds crazy when I say that just a decade ago or 15 years ago that I wasn't I wasn't solving any problems. I was I was off I was I had a new offering. Yeah. So there's kind of two ways right you can solve oh, a problem you when, you have, yeah. when you have other competition or you can bring a new offering to the table and that you have a certain time frame to do that, right? Because then soon someone else is going to solve the problem to your new offering and now you have competition. So when I was doing it, protein in an everyday household was a new offering, right? I was getting questions like, why do I need protein? I'm not a bodybuilder. It's like, well, your body's made up of a whole lot of protein cells, but like, you don't even know that because you only see it in Gold's Gym Venice on the TV or in Baywatch with the, you know, the characters there or on the or Gladiator GNC. show. Or GNC. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. It's like, you don't even, you know, and GNC was hard. When did GNC really get popular? For the everyday person, you know, so I was offering things that were not really for the masses, right? I've always been in the businesses that were like the like my favorite demographic is like 37 to 50, like two year old females. That's my favorite demographic. They're the buyers of the world. And, and if you can get into the married, um, the married demographic within that. So that demographic of females married then I'm going to get the husband off of that female. 
So I like focusing in that demographic, not creating female brands, but creating products and brands that speak more so to that demographic. But if I keep it male friendly enough, I'm going to get the husband. Uh, and so I like that niche. So that's where proteins, superfoods, and fat burners were my choice of supplements. Uh, because I could get the females and then get the husbands on the back door if I branded it properly, which is why I've gotten into the minimalistic branding. Minimalistic branding came from trying to accomplish that. So I come to the table, you know, 15 years ago with a new offering of, hey, I've got a protein powder that's going to help you build muscle, lose weight, uh, and and help you sleep better because we're gonna we're gonna get through you. We're gonna help your circadian rhythm by having your hormones work better at night. People are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's like, listen, you just need a protein. And then you're not getting enough vitamins and minerals and stop taking pills. So I have a powder for you. That's all your fruits and veggies. Uh, and now we've got probiotics, prebiotics, digestive enzymes. We got all this extra stuff in there. But back then it was just fruits and veggies. People, the masses understood that. And then a fat burner pill, right? Here's your coffee and a pill. Those were new offerings for the everyday person 15 years ago. Yeah, that uh, was so like I a transition of like, that. you can't take ephedra forever. We need another option. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah. So I was, I was able to give a new offering when I got started in supplements, which made it an easy entry for me uh, because I was really, you know, there, I mean, there was a lot of people doing it, but you don't need, I always tell people, it's like, dude, you don't, a thousand people ordering a hundred bucks a month is a million dollar business. A thousand yeah. people is in this neighborhood I'm in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you, like, you don't need that many people on the internet to make a million bucks. And so I was doing really well, uh, you know, servicing something that may sound crazy, but going back to that time compression point is what it sounds crazy people today to think that just 10 years ago, 10 to 15 years ago, the masses didn't, didn't, you know, know about protein or superfoods, but that's true. Like that is what it was, but because we have compressed time with, with e-commerce and economics that I'll give you the example for today in CBD. CBD did in four years what took protein to do in 30. You know what I'm saying? Like CBD went from nothing to the peak to back to stabilization in four years. Protein. You think took that had to also have been of the evolution of this next transition of people just like that. How do I say it? It's like, there, it, was that a second round of people buying shit online too? Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, like the like that four years of CBD, it was like there was that big, huge online. We've we've had this mass, obviously, e-commerce drive over the last three. Yes, yeah, years. that's what I'm saying. Is like, and that's only getting crazier. So the result of that's going to be is people are going to burn through ideas and offerings in a tenth of the time that it used to. Another Ooh, example. Great spin. I, that, another I example. That. Yeah. That people are going to roll their eyes at me, but I'm in the business, so I see the data. I was starting plant goods five years ago, okay? And I was starting, I was not a vegan or a plant-based whey, uh, uh, sorry, I was not a plant-based protein user and I was not a vegan. I was strictly getting into it for the business and I thought I had a great spin. And five years ago, six years ago, uh, when I was getting that ready and manufacturing it, other advisors of mine in the plant protein uh, industry and I'm talking like impossible burgers and plant-based meats uh plant-based like restaurants using plant-based meats the conversations five six years ago was Josh getting into plant-based protein like commodities is going to be huge it's going to be a multi-billion dollar industry plant-based protein sources not just plant-based protein powder but I know supplements so I was like okay you know plant proteins getting hot I can make protein powder let me go launch a plant protein company that's completely plant centered. People are going to think this is crazy because there's still a ton of plant protein out there. But I can tell you right now that the numbers in the data and the search volume doesn't lie. Plant protein means nothing anymore. Five years later, we have gone from plant protein, everything. Everyone's like, hey, you got to go plant. You got to go vegan. Inflammation's bad. Organic, dairy's bad. organic, 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 yada, 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 yada. I'm glad you said that because that's another point. So uh, then, then all of a sudden it's keto and now plant protein is kind of going down and then, you know, got all this other stuff happening. And so in the last five years of the protein business right now, and I say nobody lightly, right. But like, nobody cares about plant protein anymore. Mm. Like nobody cares. No, just, just like if you walk into a room and go oh, keto, everyone's like old news. 
Keto, dude, keto just keto just got popular three years ago. Oh Four yeah, no, ago. it had its run for sure. And, and, and people are already like, now nah, I'm over keto. I'm over plan. I don't care. I'll take, you know what I mean? Like the the compression of time in e-commerce economics or, or just or commerce economics is is so small now. Like if you don't have something disruptive, uh, which is my clear way, to be honest, we're probably gonna cancel our plant protein because nobody wants it. Uh, and it's phenomenal plant protein at a very, very high level formula. But our clear whey protein is a world's first and is disruptive. If you don't have something disruptive in business going from from today forward, you won't make it six months because that what ha- what's happening in six months now used to be two years. What what happens in two years now used to be ten years. And so you have a much smaller window to get an idea or an offering off the ground before nobody cares. And that is be that's very challenging. You know, that's it's 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 not easy. I haven't figured it out yet, but that is the that's the piece that I'm kind of telling people is like, listen, if whatever idea you have, just run it through the disruptive, like the, the disruptive grinder. And I don't even know how to tell you how to get your grinder, but like, is it disruptive? How is it disruptive? Like, if well, you can't I, I think I think there's a conversation around that. And I think you did it. I think I did it at the time in my career. I think I'm building it with moved right now. I know I am. I'm structuring it that way. This company moved. Um, I'm structuring it as an umbrella so that you could serve different entrepreneurial products and service. So moved is, is uh, you know, the, the whole story is basically uh, like an athlete is to, or like a Nike is to an athlete. There's an entire array of things that they serve. There's really not a company that's serving entrepreneurs like a brand like that. So that's what moved is about. But I think that what you're saying is, and I'll, I'll go back to the scenario. When I started my first e-commerce business, I started it under Yahoo and it was clunky as all those things. And then I realized that it was really the machine that I, that I had. And then what I did is I built seven, seven stores after that, and I could clone them and I can run them down a pipeline. And I think the conversation that you're, that you're talking about, and I think it's very powerful people to understand is that you need to structure yourself so that you can try new things and feel yeah, comfortable yeah, with quick yeah. failure. Is that and that's now and now pause pause not to cut you off pause on that point because this is where this is where I think is going to be really hard for millennials and the next generation is what you just said of the it's the machine that mattered but by definition make the machine humanize the machine and what is that called skill set yeah you created a skill set that when those skill sets came together was a machine that you could put things into skill investing in a skill set is your best thing i would say it the same way we have a machine now i can do anything in like health wellness yeah and you just it's awesome how you started it because you dumped that protein down your machine it it worked out perfect because i was like doing it so having that machine really in humanized words is having skill sets combined right Mm-hmm. And now you can be somewhat recession proof if whatever idea you put into the machine is disruptive and can be a new offering. And if it's not, you can kick it out of the machine. The problem for most people right now is they're not willing to build the machine, aka go build new skill sets to have a machine. And I'm sure you talk to way more people than I do, but the few people that come to me with stuff uh, is like, Hey, I want to go do this. Can you help that? And I'm like, dude, what's, what's your, this is, we're going back to full circle. This is what I use when I say swing the hammer or lay the brick. Now I'm probably going to say lay the bricks. It makes more sense. People think I'm nuts when I say swing the hammer, but it's just what I've always had. Like, don't, don't kill anybody. <laughs> Cause it was, it was my car. It was a carpenter in me. Uh, but I, it's like, listen, so was my dad. You, you don't want to go lay the bricks and swing the hammers. So you're never going to build the skill set, which is never going to build you a machine. So you'd like, I don't care what your idea is because you're not willing to invest in swinging the hammer because you're too good for it. You don't want to go door knock. You don't want to go make sales calls. You don't want to go train people. You don't want to go lock yourself in a basement and learn something for six months because you want it in one month, but you're not understanding that six months of skill set will be six years in output. Uh, and that's where, again, I'm always like, dude, you don't want to swing the hammer. I can't help you. Like you don't want to lay the bricks, dude. Like you're skipping the entire part of all of the people's careers that have done well. You want to, you want to disrespect and skip the bricklaying part. And, yeah. but the, but the thing that I wish people would learn young people or anyone in general is you can lay bricks. There's machines. Now I'm not, we're using, we're getting crazy in the analogy, but there's now machines that can help you lay bricks 10 times faster than me and you did in 2003. 
So, so it's like, exactly. So what you just said is uh, our, my move 30 program, I'm not trying to plug it, but the conversation is so good is what you're saying, what you're saying, what you're saying though, is what I share with everybody. And that is like laying the bricks is the, is the effort that you have to put in, in, unless you have the, the money to buy the machine, you need to go lay the bricks. And it's like, that's tedious. It's crap. It sucks. It's all those things, but that's where you forge the skill. Totally. And then, and then as you get to the next level and you say, you'll know this, you've done manufacturing, you go, Hey, by the way, the bricks that I've been laying, the, the length that they go and where, <clears throat> where they're at and how the degrees that they're laid. Now I look at your machine and your machine shit, it's not going to help me. So instead of you just going and buying the machine, you probably would have bought a shitty machine because you didn't know how to lay the brick. Yep. I don't know how we just did that, brother, but I think something happened. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's like we get, the, we get the analogy of what we're saying now because we went through this to now say, like, listen, what's the miss? It's like, again, people ask you, oh, man, how do you do it? Or how do you do this? And it's like, dude, I've been laying bricks for so long, and that's not a secret sauce. Like, I'm not special because, like, I laid bricks. My hands hurt. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. But you are envious of me because of what I have today, but you're not envious of the 15 years of bricklaying, which is cliche, but – it's the truth, but that's where the message now so that we don't turn into our parents is, mm. listen, you shouldn't go lay bricks hand by hand like I did 15 years ago. You now have new AI and machine learning and Google and all of these things where your way of laying bricks is different, but it's still the same like idea of studying and learning a craft and learning a skill set. Because then you can then say forever, like, it doesn't matter if, if, you know, we just sold a company for a bunch of money and, you know, we've got other, you know, all of our businesses do very well right now. And it's like, it's like, if it all went away tomorrow, I'm not that worried because we truly do have the skill sets to do it again. All we need is money and the money problems get fixed with money. So mm. it's like, if, but, but you can't fix skill set problems with money. Time fixes, you know, creates skill sets, not money. So it's like, you know, but that's that's my messaging for you know anyone talking to me now is like, listen, build the skill set. You just can do it a lot faster than we did. Like you should be able to learn what I did in ten years in like a year right now. Maybe even maybe even shorter. You should be able to learn what we did in ten oh, years, two thousand and three. It's to, all on YouTube. In, in six months. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like anyone out there that's really serious, you could go from zero to hero in less than six months if you really really studied. Well, if you go back, I think this would be an interesting question. So it's like, there's like a place of momentum that all of a sudden you wake up. And I know you've had this, I've had this feeling. You just wake up one morning, you're like, whoa, something happened. Yep, yep. So, and, then, and then the next day happens again. You go, what just happened? <laughs> and then you kind of yep, like, totally. in the seventh day you go, is this the new norm? What's going on? And then you're scared, right? You kind of Yeah, like, and, and that's getting to those levels is where then you want to restart your skill sets. Like, it's like, I just was telling uh, some of our, some of my guys I work with this morning of like, you know, listen guys, every level requires new skill sets because then each level you get to in business has a new normal and you're not used to what that new normal is. What used to cost you a hundred bucks and skill set one, then cost you a thousand dollars and skill set two, then cost you 10, then everything is 10 grand. Then when you get to a certain level, everything's a hundred grand, right? And a certain skill set. And then when you get past that, everything ends up being a million and requires a different skill set. And so it's keeping that momentum through those steps uh, and, and always being fresh to learn uh, yeah. is crazy. Like right now we're, we're, you know, we're in the tens of millions and I'm, I'm lost some days. Like right now I'm some days, like, I'm like, dude, I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't know how to manage this money. I don't know how to talk to this CPA. I don't honestly know what to do about taxes. I, I have, where do I go? Like this morning, listening to podcasts. Uh, I don't know if you're spiritual or not, but I'm, I'm a Christian faith driven guy. Uh, I'm by no means perfect, but uh, like this morning I was listening to a podcast and I'm telling myself like, man, all of my church podcasts, all of my spiritual podcasts from pastors and stuff and leadership right now, the trend is like saving people uh, and not everybody. Right. But like the trend in, in faith right now is kind of, is saving people. Right. And, and again, abundant. I'm not trying to box up pastors. This is all good. Like this is all good things. People need saved right now. Uh, and then on the business, it's a lot of like startup and like how to like, how to get going and how to like, and it's rah, rah, rah. 
And this morning I found myself kind of like, you know, praying to the business gods and then praying to my own God of like, man, I need to go find like some maintenance, like podcast, like some maintenance info. You know what I mean? Like, how do I handle where I'm at today? I don't want to grow today. I need to learn how to build a new skill set today. I need to learn how to focus today. And I need to learn how to be, be, I need to learn how to just be where I'm at today because today's season is not to grow. Today's season is to manage what I just did and to get skill sets in what I just did and to learn how to hang on to this and maybe flatline for a little bit and then go back up. But a lot of content right now is kind of on one scale or the other. And I'm, you know, today was a, this morning, I was like, man, I need to learn a new skill set and I need to go find new material to, to practice where I'm at today. Not, I don't want to learn how to get somewhere tomorrow. And I, and I don't, you know, I'm not starting. So it's like, there's, you know, I'm even in that place right now of like, I need to learn how to figure out how to handle where I'm at today without letting the entrepreneurial part of me kick in and go, no, no, no. I want to be more tomorrow. I want to be bigger tomorrow. No, 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 dude. Don't stop trying to be bigger. Try to handle what you got today first. And then the bigger, the momentum will come, you know, but it's an interesting, you know, every level has a new kind of stage of learning. Dude, I got to tell you, brother, we haven't met or anything like that. But I, I just want to let you know, like, I appreciate you being so honest. Like, I don't think it, when people oh. are on here, I, I want to acknowledge, like, that was very genuine in the way you were saying that. And I think that people oh, really thanks. need to hear even in your voice, you were just like, I don't know what to do. I, oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. And I think that like every level is that. And I think that what you're explaining though is also, it's okay to be there too. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. We constantly are like, like a big thing in learning as, as you, uh, and I know, and kind of, and I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Uh, Cause I, I'm trying to be that. And, uh, and I'm very open about money. Cause I think, I think in the, you know, in the podcast and the guru community and all that, I also think people, uh, I also think people miss, like they take advice from stuff that it may not relate to where you're at today. And that's kind of what I was saying is like, I'm taking advice from sections that are kind of above and below me, but that's good because the stuff below me is how it helped me get there. The stuff above me gave me something to reach for. But then once you land in the middle, you know, you learn like, wait a minute, it's actually really hard to be in the middle. I have to figure this out. And one of the challenges I got uh, and, and have had is like always trying to upgrade stuff. Like, and that's in your business, in your ideas, in your shoes, in your cars, in your house. It's like having to be like, listen, there's a skill set to just be. And when you're taking advice from people, if, if they're not, you know, you, and you should take advice from every sector, but you have to build the skill set also of learning how to compartmentalize that info. This is advice that goes here. This is advice that goes there. This is advice I'm going to come back to. Uh, and this is advice that's actually helping me for where I'm at today. Cause what this guy over here is talking about, he has, you know, a million and a half dollars in the bank. He has two employees. Uh, he or she has, you know, 800,000 a year in revenue. They pay this much taxes. So the advice this guy's giving to me Maybe that's exactly the avatar that I'm at, but maybe it's not. So it's like, you know, listen, like that may not be what you should be listening to. And a lot of times you don't even get those numbers, which I understand why people don't want to share their numbers. Uh, But it's like without knowing numbers these days, it's kind of like a, well, how do I relate to the decisions you're making if we're not even in the same bracket? So I tell people a lot like, listen, man, I can give you advice at where I was yesterday or like where I'm at today, but honestly, it may not apply to you. So I may not be it. Like you don't take advice from everybody if it doesn't apply to what it is you're trying to figure out because the decisions I'm making on hiring and building my business is because I have, you know, 10 plus million dollars in this bank account and $4 million in that business and $8 million in the market and $3 million in savings. And I've got a wife and a kid and a kid on the way. Like, and I was going to say, and, and admin you know, to like, change things around, like that you have assets that they're yeah. trying to move at the same pace that you are without yes. the assets that yes. you have. And it's, it's, it's like, like, listen, I'm, I'm making a decision on what car to buy amazing. based on yeah. all of that. You're yeah. trying to make a decision on what car to buy based on just like one piece. And and, but we're getting so much content all the time that it's hard to kind of get that. So I kind of 
and that only sparks based on you saying like the honest and genuine is like, I try to be the guy because I don't care about money. I'm in it for like the game. I like building things. I'm like a man's man in the business of like, I'm here to lay bricks. That's what I enjoy doing. I don't, I'm not trying to get to the destination. I just am weird and like laying bricks. It's, it's what we grew. It's the old school that we grew up in. I I don't know. That's what I like doing. Uh, It's, I would do it if I wasn't getting paid anyway. And it's just being honest about stuff where I guess I turned into the guy and maybe that's like MLM, the network marketing where people talked about money a lot to recruit people. Oh, that might uh, have been. You know what I mean? That's maybe where it came from, where I like to be the guy that's really honest of like, listen, here's my numbers. Here's what I do. Here's what I paid in taxes. Here's how much my car payment is. Here's how much my mortgage is. Here's how much all this stuff is so that you can go, oh, now I get what he's saying. Now I am like, that didn't make any sense to me without context of where you're actually at. Dude, that is it's so true. Advice. Yeah. That is so true because you're what this society is doing a lot of is they're obviously looking at a picture and they're, they're making a whole story about it. And at the end of the day, it's like you didn't know they, they have a they have an editor with them at all the times. You know, but the thing yep, that it also exactly. comes down to like, you know, also it's like you look at the <clears throat> when when you found out that there was ghost writers and you're like, oh, gosh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I It's so funny you say that because I I. I actually remember the day that I was with a mentor who has like seven books and he was like, I got a ghostwriter. I remember the day going, what is a ghostwriter? You didn't physically write all seven of these books because I've been looking at you like you're a dude. It messed with me, dude. It messed with me when I found out. That's so funny you say that. So funny you say that. Well, dude, Josh, I appreciate you, man. You've been an incredible guest and um, where can people find you? Uh, probably Instagram's the easiest. I am, I am Josh Delaney, uh, just as it sounds. Um, that's probably the fastest, easiest talking about old school. I'm on Facebook for the most part. Uh, Facebook's like my second cell phone. So just Josh Delaney on Facebook and I am Josh Delaney on uh, Instagram. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. Dude, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for being a guest on the Moved Entrepreneur of Our Podcast. You crushed it, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, appreciate you, man. Congrats to you as well. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.